Welcome to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. This is Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast. This is My name is Adam Rubichek. With me, as always, is Aaron Fleming. Bonsoir, buenas noches. Oh, and Dirk Swissing. Hey, hey. It's a little curveball at you. I went hey, out of hey. order. What? Three listeners noticed. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, so this is the third in our mini-series on individual accountability. So first we started with a little deep dive into the research and the theory behind individual accountability within a cooperative context. Last episode, we talked about some of those observables and how you know your students are being accountable for their own learning. But today we're going to talk about uh, implementation. What does lesson look like if we are making sure that our students are accountable for their own learning in a cooperative group? So I think Derek has some thoughts on that. I, I do. And I, I will say that I enjoy always being the implementation person because this is the best part. This is this is the meat and potatoes right here. Um, this is what you're coming for right here. So I, I will I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my colleagues here, what what do teachers automatically gravitate towards, or parents even too, or even students once they get into schools? What do they think of as individual accountability? Uh, Mr. Swistak, is this on the test? There you go. That's exactly what I was saying right there. We think about it as a quiz, a test, um, maybe even a mini assessment uh, kind of thing. Um, but I think most of the time we kind of think of individual accountability as like, hey, if you can't take this written assessment or if you can't answer these multiple choice questions, that's it. You, you're, you're, you didn't learn what we needed you to learn. So I think we now, again, some of us have been teaching for a couple decades now, going on, going on three going on three decades now. And so I do think that a lot, the, the idea of a formative assessment is, is a lot fresher in our minds than when some of us first started teaching. And I think that individual accountability, you can think of as a quick formative check of whether one person maybe in a group has it, or maybe a couple people in a group have it. And I think you can partner this pretty easily with um, something that we just talked about, which is positive interdependence. Um, maybe you have a marker color, everybody's using a different marker color, and you're only going to take a look at just the red markers right now, or you're only going to come over to the group and you're going to do a quick formative check of just the purple marker. Hey, purple marker, I got a quick question for you. Hey, do you have it or not? And I think that the most important part of whether your cooperative learning, whether your class is really into this cooperative learning is does, does each person really feel responsible for one another within the group? And that can only come about um, with those five elements. The better that we can practice social skills, the better that we care for one another, the better that we really do believe that I can learn better if I just listen, if I just have conversations with you about these kinds of things. So if we're looking for individual accountability, how could we like think about positive interdependence and have that be a part of it? Well, I think the easiest one, we'll see if I'm, we'll see if I'm on track, Derek. I think, you know, the easiest one is, you know, if you, if you have that group goal or just simply your task, you know, those, those two things, if I don't complete this part, we're not going to finish our task. We're not going to achieve our goal. I mean, those are those are two simple ones. Um, you, you have resource interdependence, which I know you mentioned a little bit, but what a great way to look at individual accountability in a different way than we traditionally have. Just to say, what a great tool as a teacher for me to walk around the room and just 
look at one person in each group and how is the dynamic going? It has each person played their part well enough for this one student, that purple marker, you know, that's been writing on the whiteboard to understand this skill or concept. So um, those are those are three three decent ways. I'll bet there are more though. Sure, we could do something like out, outside enemy. We're we're competing against a score. We're trying to beat a different class. Everybody's points or contributions or correct answers contribute to that tally. So it doesn't matter if you get one correct or a hundred one correct. Everybody's points together are making that tally go up. Absolutely. And so the, the group is accountable to the individual and the individual is accountable to the group is, is kind of the, the, the thinking that you want to have as the teacher. So some of the ways that you can set students up for success is really partnering in this individual accountability, having it in mind that you're going to do little formative checks as you go. So if you're a math teacher or a science teacher, or if you're looking at graphs, you might have them look at some graphs and then you might have them simulate something, you know, like how long would you cut the string, call somebody up, cut the string, see if it works um, kind of thing, like test to see whether things work in the real world. Once we've compared it to some, once we've actually like looked at and tried to think through how we're going to go about analyzing a graph or analyzing some data. Um, one really cool new tool is um, Pear Deck flashcards, Pear Deck's flashcard factory where each person is responsible for a little part of a larger group. If, you don't, if you're not familiar with this tool, there's a, a blue team, like an AM team and a PM team, and they, they work either the two shifts. And so they're outside enemies. You don't really know who's on whose team and you get partnered up with another person and you are all responsible for the group. And then as a group, you sort of um, vote on which of the pictures or which of the definitions or which of the ways to explain something are the best ways to explain that thing. Um, that can be a really great way of kind of holding everybody accountable, showing off the work and really partnering that up with some levels of positive interdependence. Some other ways that teachers might think about intervening. We talk about like, what do teachers do? How do we monitor? How do we intervene? So teachers need to be there ready to offer clarifications and instructions, reviewing procedures, answering questions. Um, but I think one of the things that I was thinking about was when we talk about, and we're not, we haven't gotten there yet, but the S, the S of, of pig's face is our social skills. And really at those higher levels, the social skill game board is paraphrase or ask a question to clarify. So if we're really doing this, we're gonna have kids hear the questions that we're gonna ask and we're gonna point to the game board and we're gonna say, hey, what did I just do? Well, I asked you to clarify something that I heard the group saying, and that's a way that we can kind of uh, do a looks like sounds like for the students and, and have them practice that with each other. And then they call you, they call you over and say, Hey, we're ready. We're ready for you to, to ask one of us whether we understand it or not. I, I, I actually use that a lot in my classroom. I don't know if you guys have used that in your classrooms and how well that's worked. No, well, that's absolutely a technique uh, I've used in the classroom and, and watching students scramble to make sure that everybody understands a concept that everybody can answer a question that they go, they drill and they practice and they, and they quiz each other and, and they, they seek out the person that's struggling the most and really support them. I think that is one of the coolest things about this whole system. And we, I keep talking about extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation that we start very extrinsic, that there's a reason why we have to do this. Eventually it just becomes intrinsic. It becomes internal that 
I'm going to help my peers learn so that they know the answers, not because the teacher is going to come and ask us the answers, but because that's just what we're supposed to do. Well, and, and think about it from, from the perspective of when you've been in a group and the other people in your group just get it better than you do. They know more about it than you do. And you sit there and it's that embarrassment. It's that, you know, that shame. How do I not know this? But think of an environment, you know, a classroom community in which those two students that know it a lot better than you, you trust them because those social skills are being built and that environment is being built, but you trust them and you know that they're going to help you in that those students feel the responsibility to try to explain something that's easier to them to you. So what a powerful message that can send when everyone is individually accountable. And I think both of you brought up some really great points there. And I think the most important thing to remember is that these are formative checks. These are not summative checks. We're not going to collect someone's paper and grade it and give everybody the grade that that person got, because what a way to build um, distrust and, and, and uh, apathy toward, towards someone in our class. Like we're gonna do it really quick and we're gonna really support them and we're gonna really go after it. And we're gonna, we're gonna energize one another. And you know, I've, been, I've walked over to groups and I said, okay, we're gonna move on to the next part. You know, as soon as you guys are ready, I'm gonna give you the next, next thing that we're gonna work on or the next piece, but I need someone in here to answer one question. And it's gonna be something related to what you guys were just studying. And when I asked that one person, seeing the looks on the other two's faces if I were in a group of three of like oh you got this you know like and 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 hearing them say that um because that's something that we practice is complimenting and paraphrasing and elaborating it doesn't come about just automatically it's not something that is that is just there and I think some of that has to do with the educational system that we built like we really do rank kids and and that's to our detriment like that that's not what builds independent learners that's not what makes me want to learn better is is if i'm if i'm not really good at spanish um but i'm really good at something else putting me and giving me a grade in spanish is probably not going to be the greatest thing in the world ¿Qué, so, ¿qué me dices que tú no hablas español bien Derek? vamos yeah eso no comprendo but no it's 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 serious like i mean that is that definitely the the one of the quickest ways is is to really make this a summative kind of thing throw it in the grade book make sure that everybody feels really bad that so and so didn't know this as well as you thought or didn't write it down as well as you thought um, speaking to Adam's extrinsic versus intrinsic motivation. Like I always say, you never see a first grader not ready to learn. Like they're all about questions and why and this. And I mean, they're super excited about school. And then all of a sudden we've got to rank and file them in. And that's not what this is. That's not what this individual accountability is about. This individual, individual accountability is about thinking through how, how do I help everybody make sure that there is some accountability for each other so that it's, it's about we and I, right? It's about the we and the I piece. And I think that, that one of the, the coolest things, the coolest things is, is getting kids to engage in paraphrasing and challenging statements made by one another. Like if, if students know that I'm going to come over and I'm going to ask questions, then if somebody gives a wrong answer, they're going to, they're going to politely challenge whether that's the right thing to say. Whereas a lot of times, if you listen into students, they are very quick to agree with one another because especially we teach high school or middle school students, 
they're going to be the, the most important thing to them right now is the social aspect. The relationship piece is way more important to them than the goal piece of just getting this done. Um, and schools, you know, reward the goal piece and they don't reward the relationship piece. So what we're trying to do is help to foster and build those relationship pieces and build the goal pieces in there too. And with that, I think we can wrap up our mini series on individual accountability. And next time we'll come at you with a brand new essential element of cooperative learning, and that'll be group processing. Let's cooperate. Thank you for listening to the Building the Cooperative Classroom podcast, the official podcast of the Johnson & Johnson Cooperative Learning Institute. Please check out the show notes for all relevant links, including a link to our Twitter account and the Cooperative Learning Institute webpage. This podcast is copyrighted under the Creative Commons license, copyright 2021. Theme music, courtesy of Jimmy Ryan.